everybody. I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. My practical yet spiritual approach to getting emotionally naked and attracting what I call a guardian of your soul will be music to your ears. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. I'm Lisa Shield, and welcome to Dating Without Drama. I am so happy to introduce my beautiful special guest, Cassie, to talk to us about nice men who turn out to be avoidance. (laughs) Hi there. Hi, everybody. It's great to be here. We're really excited to have her back on. I know our last podcast did really well. We did a dating coach goes dating or (laughs) what it's like for a dating coach to date. So if you haven't checked out that episode, please do, because Cassie is really insightful. She is dating like a very mature naked dater. So (laughs) we are proud of her and happy to have her share her wisdom. So Cassie, this is something that you actually brought up to me Mm -hmm. from coaching some of the women that are going through our 12-week Emotionally Naked Dating program. Why don't you talk a little bit about this issue and why you think it's so important for women to start to become aware of this? Yeah. Yeah. I like to bring up to you anything that I notice is a pattern for the women, because then it's always good to help do whatever we can to shed more light on those areas and see how we can help guide the women through overcoming those challenges. And what I noticed was how many women assume avoidant men are jerks or avoidant men are rude or avoidant men are narcissists. And I'm going to pause you for a second. If I can just... If I can elaborate a little bit, avoidant men tend to be the men who are emotionally unavailable. And what happens is in the initial stages of a relationship, as they're getting to know a woman, they are very excited. They seem confident. They often come on strong. And a lot of women fall for this because these men are so pursuant They go for the woman, they make her feel things that she's been wanting to feel, desired, pursued, and all. But then the moment the woman starts to fall for this or really starts to fall for the guy and the emotional intensity starts to build, the emotional commitment, then the man starts to pull away. He becomes colder. He becomes more distant. He may be hot one minute, cold the next. So those are some of the signs of an emotionally unavailable man or an avoidant man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then when they flip like that, it's so obvious and so clear that when you're a woman who's done some work, you can see, oh, This man is avoidant. Things have changed. And women in the course have learned what to look for. And so they know to cut those men off. But what I've noticed has been a pattern is maybe when the man doesn't start so intense or so hot and kind of starts lukewarm and is really, really nice and really, really kind and consistent in his lack of emotional availability. So there isn't a huge drop. 
women will rationalize this away by saying, well, he's never promised me the world. So he hasn't not delivered because he hasn't promised it. And when they're together, the man is so nice, but when they're not together, it's like he's disappeared. And then they become addicted to how kind and nice and consistent he is when they are together. So even though it's not the highest level of consistency that it could be, there is some consistency, so they accept it. And sometimes these men are the kindest men they've dated. So because compared to jerks they've dated in the past, it's like they could have a 10 but they're accepting this emotionally unavailable five because the five is better than a one. But if they mm-hmm. would clear their path of these men, even though they're very kind, who aren't at the highest level of emotional availability that they could be, they're blocking those potential men from coming into their lives. So it sounds like the men are giving them enough to keep them on the hook right? They're giving them enough to keep them on the hook, but it's showing up a little differently than what we consider a typical avoidant, because we need to really contrast what these women are missing. So a typical avoidant usually will love bomb, they come on strong, they sweep a woman off her feet, they want to see her three times in one week, they're all in almost right from the start. And what you're saying is this is a different kind of avoidant who isn't all in from the start. He Mm -hmm. is nice enough and he's giving her enough rope, right? Enough interest to keep her going. But in some ways, it's almost like they have one foot in, Mm -hmm. but they're not really in. And she's being caught up in, oh, but he's so nice. And when we are together, it feels so good because he's so nice to me. But she's constantly feeling like something is really missing. Mm -hmm. Is is that right? That's a hundred percent it. Yeah. And because these men are so nice, And maybe the women have a list of things they want in a man, like he has a great job, he shows up when he says he will, he has a car, he has interests and hobbies and friends and a nice family. He may have all of these things and the only thing that's missing is the commitment or the only thing that's missing is the emotional availability. So because that other list is so long, They think I'm just waiting for this one last piece, but they're waiting month after month after month after month, thinking that eventually time will be the missing piece that will cause the man to one day wake up and go, oh, you're the one. And they're waiting forever for that last piece that's never going to come unless the man take some time to do work on himself because there's something about that last step that's making him feel like it's too much, maybe with that woman or all women. But the point is we're waiting for the last step that is very likely to never come. Yeah, I think I see this in a client right now who's in our mastermind group. We'll see, but it seems Mm -hmm. like there's a lot, you know, there's dating, it goes on, but I, I don't know what this is, but 
as women, there's so many mixed messages in dating. And so we seem to go along in these kinds of situations where we think, okay, you know, he keeps showing up. He like, he must like me. He's so nice to me. He's taking me to nice dinners or whatever. And I think sometimes we don't realize that we're really almost like a paid companion, right? We're at their convenience. It's comfortable for them. And we're staying within their comfort zone. But one of the things we work on in the course is actually encouraging our women to the right questions and push things forward to see if this is just like uh, monogamous dating or if there's really a future there, if this man really is wanting more. Because if nobody pushes the relationship forward and if the women just sit there and say, well, the guys are supposed to chase me and he's got to make all the moves and progress the relationship, it may never progress. And then it's just going to keep going along. And then you're waiting sometimes months or even years for a commitment that never happens. And then you turn around and realize this guy was never going to commit. It was never going to go any further than what it was. But as long as it stayed within his comfort zone, it was good enough. Right. Yeah. And that's a huge indication are all the decisions that are made as to what you do and when you hang out together on his terms, when he's ready, when he wants to. I mean, I even, you know, being someone who was a teacher in my past career, there's not a lot of money in that. And so when men would take me to very nice places for dinner, it felt very impressive. And I actually had a friend point out to me once when I was talking about how nice this restaurant was. She said, well, does he make a lot of money? And I said, yeah. And she said, then how much effort does that really take? If they have a lot, is that really even a lot of effort? And I had never even thought about it like that. So if they're making, you know, hundreds of thousands because they work so hard, which is great, that's attractive, then they take you to a nice place, which is attractive. Was there really effort in that though? What what are they doing that show effort the same way that we show when we're interested in them? So not to disregard that, because for some men, it is something they do when they're very interested. But she pointed out to me, sometimes it's things avoidant men do just to hook women because they know it does. (laughs) Or just to impress us, to get us into bed even, right? It doesn't even have to be an avoidant man. I mean, I've known many men who use their wealth to impress women and we fall for it. But what most of us are looking for are relationships. We're looking for commitment. We're looking for men who are not just asking us out, but also, you know, really advancing the relationship and the intimacy and the closeness and making plans. And it's something that I think as women, we really, really, really need to pay attention to. Now, there are some comments about this, Cassie, and I want to read some of these. Um, Some of our listeners are are writing in. So Linda Abbott wrote, ladies, this is exactly what I see in my friends and in my past. My question is, don't we women date where we're at emotionally ourselves? For instance, if we date a man who's available at a one, we haven't prepared ourselves for someone who's available at a nine yet. That's a great point. And so it's your course that gets the women to attend. I mean, we can't see it when we're in it. We can't. 
I mean, I could write a book about these experiences that I'm describing that I'm talking about myself. Right, that we both been through. (laughs) Yes, I mean, absolutely. I'm not saying any of this to chastise women or men. You know, that's a great point she just made, that we date at the level of consciousness that we have. But with coaching, I mean, I need, I still go to my friends who are at this level to have them give me an outside perspective because you can't see it when you're in it. And that's where your course has the support to help get the women to a nine or a 10, because it provides that outside feedback to help you be able to see your patterns and break them that much faster. Yeah. And it's funny because so much of dating is relative, right? Not dating relatives. That's not good, but it's relative. (laughs) Yeah. Relative in that sometimes we don't realize that we're just dating someone or something that's just better than what we had before. And so we don't understand what we should be looking for, but we're just happy with what is better. You know, so we settle and we don't even realize it, that we're still settling for, well, this is better than anything I've ever had. So we put up with these behaviors and it's interesting because we waste so much time in these relationships. Like I remember in my first marriage, my husband and I, when we broke up, when we ended the marriage, we literally had no communal property, nothing, like not even a joint credit card. And it was so wild because then after that, like you said, if somebody treated me to a nice dinner or took me to the theater, or or made plans to do things for me or gave me a gift or something. I I had been so deprived in my first, you know, in the first marriage that by the time I started dating men who were doing more for me, I thought, oh my God, this is so great. And I put them at a higher level. But what you're saying is just because a guy is nice to you, if he's not really building the emotional intimacy and the connection, just being nice isn't enough. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of avoidant men who believe that they want and are capable of a relationship too. They think they are, and they think the problem is each woman. Their belief that the right woman hasn't come along is the reason they've never been married. And so they think eventually they're going to meet the woman who's going to flip it. You get tricked into waiting till that day comes. Instead of identifying the day is not going to come and it may be hard, but the best thing to do is to cut this off so I can create the space in my life for a man who is capable of this to come in. Movies and TV shows don't help this either. There was a movie I was watching the other day. What I mean, Crazy Stupid Love with Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Ryan Gosling is so avoidant. And then he just meets the woman and magically because she's cute and funny. I mean, even he's like 40 years old and he just magically turns into this loving boyfriend who will change his whole lifestyle because the right woman just happened to show up in the bar that night. And so we watch these movies and we think that's what it takes to turn an avoidant man into a secure man. And that's not what it is. It takes work on the man's part, not just the right woman walking past. 
Well, yeah, that's kind of another one of those big myths or lies that we're told about relationships. We think that love is just this thing that happens to us and that you meet the right person and you're smitten. Suddenly you become this emotionally available, honorable person that you never were before. But love is the magic elixir that heals all, you know, all wounds and makes everything good. And he sees the woman that, oh my gosh, I want to be a better man for her. (laughs) Let's look at a couple more of these comments. Linda also wrote, and this is very good. She said, the problem is that by the time we get attached, we're basically in a trauma bond. No amount of encouragement or advice will get us out until we hit bottom first. What's an alternative? Well, I, I would have to respectfully disagree. And I think with enough information and practice and support, when we decide we are going to break this pattern, anyone can. And you, I'm, I'll just say it again, you teach in the course ways to identify these things quickly. And yeah. so I would agree with the comment to the extent that very often that is what happens. It can be a trauma bond, but I disagree in that it doesn't have to be. There are very clear signs that can be very quickly identified before you get too attached. And it may not be just off the profile. It may not be just the first phone call. Sometimes it can be. But maybe it's a date or two or three, but it's about not having an Insta boyfriend deciding after one date, now we're instantly connected forever and it's perfect and there's no other problems and nothing else to look for. It's also important to remember secure men don't decide on us immediately either. Secure men want to slowly watch us over time before they decide. That's the calm emotionally mature way to decide on a relationship in 2020. But then the question the question becomes, you know, how so if a secure man wants to take his time and these mm-hmm. nice guys can also seem like secure men who are taking their time getting to know you, how do you distinguish between the two? You can ask questions about their past. You can look at their ability to make commitments in other areas of their life and you can look for progression in the relationship over time. Well, and I'm going to put it out there that I think we need to slow everything down, but I also Mm -hmm. think that it shouldn't take months or years to get to that place. So what you're looking for is at a six week point, you know, six weeks to two months, there should be commitment in that relationship to exploring a future together, to really seeing where that can go, unless there are certain extenuating circumstances like the guy lost his job or there was a sick parent or COVID or something that prevented the two of you from seeing each other regularly during that time. But somewhere between six to eight weeks, you should know enough about somebody to tell if you're really both willing to commit. And, and when I say, a, you know, having an exclusive relationship, I'm not saying that you're like saying, okay, this is it. An exclusive mm-hmm. relationship in our world is about getting off the apps and sites and just exploring and seeing where this connection can go. That's all. And then if after, you know, a couple of months more or whatever, 
you realize that he's pulling away, he's getting cold, it's just not going where you want to go, then that needs to be addressed. But these things should be and need to be talked about in the relationship and not just two people going along together and seeing where it goes past six or eight weeks. So Amy wrote, I've shared my expectations for commitment from first dates. He agreed that he would commit to marriage, then years later made an about face. Well, I don't ask overt questions to what extent the man is going to commit to me at first. I may be looking for red flags that they can't commit. I'm not looking for any proof that they're my man with words because they need time to decide if I'm the one for them. Men could have an opinion around not wanting to be married because of past experiences and then change their mind. They could change their mind in either direction. The most important thing to look for is consistency and behavior over time, progression of the relationship, and that words and actions match. Well, and also guys will say anything in the beginning, you know, and and they could all be hypotheticals. It's not, would you marry me? You're just, Mm -hmm. do you know, most of the time we're saying, well, what are you looking for? Do you want marriage? Do you want children? You know, what are your plans for the future? Well, all of those things may be like in their plans for the future, but (laughs) what future and with whom? So Guys have a tendency in the beginning to just speak in hypotheticals and tell you what you want to hear. But I have to say, and this is true, and you I know you'll agree with this, Cassie, you know when a man is truly committed to you. You just know, like, especially if you've always dated men who were avoidant or who weren't the right ones, it is a night and day experience. You don't even have to encourage that guy. You don't have to have conversations about what are we doing or where is this going? It is really so clear. Yeah, with Benjamin, with my husband, he, you know, who Benjamin is. I know, just for the viewers. But for with my husband, he just was unbelievable. He mm-hmm. knew he wanted to see me. He made, you know, on every date, he set up the next date. He listened to what I said. And then he went out and planned those things or did those things. He listened to the things I liked and made sure that he took note of all of those things. I mean, it was clear that he was trying to get closer to me, but that it wasn't some prescription for how to you know, win a woman over, that it was genuine and that he was really paying attention to me and making a connection and building, you know, creating a future and a relationship with me. And I could feel it. I could feel it. When you're with a truly secure man, you feel more secure. It's just, it's so different. So let's go to some of these others. C.K. Roberts says, my partner has decided that she is no longer attracted to me as I have been transitioning into womanhood as a transgender woman, even though we are committed to each other. How can I be committed to her and still be true to myself? That's a tricky one. Um, I think in 
any relationship, what's important is for there to be commitment from both sides and to know when a relationship ends, if it does, that doesn't mean the love has to end. So we can still have love for someone if we're not still in a committed relationship. But if making life changes results in losing the commitment from the person that you're with. Or the attraction. The attraction. The attraction. Yeah. Then that may mean that you weren't meant to be a match anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask, how can we know who is being truthful? It takes time to know people. It does take time, but avoidant men can't most often continue to progress a relationship for longer than three months. So when we are clear in what we want, it doesn't mean making demands of the man, but when we are clear in what we want and what we're looking for, it can become very clear very quickly. And it won't take longer than six weeks, but 12 weeks max to figure it out once you know what you're looking for. Yes. So, you know, in answer to what I think a lot of people want to know, the clearer you get, the, so first of all, most people don't want to date a lot. They just don't. They don't, they want it to happen. They don't like the dating process. They find it tedious, a waste of time. They go on dates and there's no connection and they get worn out and start feeling hopeless and all. Mm-hmm. Well, Dating is really an education and it's an opportunity to learn what you want and what you don't want. You know, you ask, well, how do you know if someone's honest? Well, when I was much younger, I had no idea if men were being honest with me because I didn't understand men. Mm. I had no knowledge of who men are, what they want, how to operate. And so I didn't know how to tell if a man was being honest or dishonest because I knew nothing about men. Once I started to really study men, who they are, what they want from us, how they think, what they're looking for, how to give a man the things that he's looking for from me as a woman. These are all things I had to learn. Nobody taught me how to do this. It's not like I suddenly came out of the womb as this like, you know, expert in all things male. Men were foreign to me. And it wasn't until I sat back and got real with myself, you know, right before my 40th birthday, I was like, Lisa, you are incredibly single and you are going to be dating in Los Angeles, California with some of the most gorgeous women in the world. You are going to be competing against young, beautiful, fit women who go to yoga and drink kombucha and eat vegan, and you don't do those things. (laughs) 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 And I could, you know, and I thought, if that's what men are looking for, I'm not that. Mm -hmm. I'm not those things, but I started to realize that I needed to learn about men. I needed to Mm -hmm. start to get savvy in the ways of men, how they think, who they are, what they're looking for, how to separate the men from the boys. And not just based on the things my girlfriends said, because when I looked at their relationships, I didn't want what they had either. 
So at dating, as tedious as it can seem, right, Cassie? Like you're you are an amazing dater now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's fun. I don't go on dates with men who I don't want to. (laughs) And there are a lot of amazing men out there. When we show up with a level of certainty and clarity and authenticity, it brings out clarity and authenticity in the men. And I mean, back to the honesty conversation, my authenticity scares off inauthentic men. So I don't have to worry about them for long. They don't stick around. Well, that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. Once you see, that's really the answer. Once you're showing up as the woman that you, you know, the best version of you. And I know we all think, oh, I did all this personal work and I've done all these personal growth courses and read all these books and I've been Googling and YouTubing, but it's very different than what we do in the course, right? Yeah. I mean, you're a different woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, a completely different human being because I had done all of that work, but the work we do in your course touches on your patterns and who you are at the core differently. And again, part of that is because of the additional guidance of the people in the course who give the guidance, the coaches and you and Benjamin. And so we can read until we're blue in the face. But until we get authentic and honest feedback from the outside as to what our patterns might be and where we can improve, we're in a hamster wheel. Yeah. You know, one of the big breakthroughs that I know I had when I was dating, when I was starting this process to find the guardian of my soul, I realized that I was on that hamster wheel. I was, you know, and I think what people don't realize and one of the, another misconception about how this all works is that we're going to work on ourselves and we're going to keep self-improving and we're going to become so fabulous that because of our fabulousness, we're going to attract all these men. And the truth is we're not necessarily attracting the right men. We're not connecting with men in the right way because this is a whole different focus. It's a whole different piece of work that most women are missing and don't even know they're missing which is how do I pick the right man? How do I tell if a man is avoidant or anxious or secure? How do I know if I'm anxious, avoidant or secure? What do I actually talk about on a date? What do I say when I'm trying to get a man from a dating website to a phone call or a Zoom call to a date? How can I be more feminine? You know, we don't ask ourselves these questions. We just keep going to more self-improvement workshops. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work. The (laughs) self-improvement workshops. (laughs) Well, we get better at at, at being ourselves, but we don't Mm -hmm. get better at interacting and connecting with the right man. Yeah. So Linda wrote, this is a tricky question. So I'll just ask about me. I don't like having sex in the first six weeks because it affects my ability to gauge red flags. Well, it's important that everyone wait for the extent of time that they are comfortable with. And that can be a different length of time for each person. The right man will wait as long as they need to wait for the right woman. Yep. And you're right. It does get, it does affect your ability to gauge red flags. 
one of the biggest issues for women today, for all of us, when we're entering into relationships, is that especially for younger women, hormones drive so much of this. And mm -hmm. so they get in the way. Mother Nature has us hardwired to procreate. And so what happens is we get turned on when we meet someone we're attracted to and we become lovers before we're even friends. And then it's almost impossible once that happens to go back and create the friendship. So it's much better to take some time, like you said, Linda, and really look for those red flags and really pay attention so that you can, first of all, you know, see if there are any. And then second of all, you're able to create an emotional connection before you go into a physical one. One of the reasons why I urge our clients to slow down and not jump into sex is there's nothing wrong with sex. Nothing wrong with sex for sex sake. I don't care if you're a man or a woman and you have healthy, protected sex and that's what you want to do, more power to you. But sex is not going to get you to an emotional connection. And more often than not, it will get in the way of emotion, an emotional connection. And an emotional connection is the foundation for lasting love. So if you do not have that, your relationship is doomed from the start. So one of the reasons I urge women, we urge women not to go into a sexual relationship too quickly is because they need to learn how to build that emotional connection with a man. And that can be uncomfortable in the beginning. Our women, these smart, successful, savvy women, right? It's amazing how we have so many super successful women who have no trouble asking for and getting everything they want in life, except in their love lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. They give all their power away to men. And if you really want to have a successful, emotionally naked relationship, you have to learn how to slow down and ask for what you want. And it's not easy, right? No, especially when it's new, but it can become easy. It's like any skill. Any skill is scary at first. And for some reason, emotional availability isn't perceived as a skill that can be learned, but that's exactly what it is. So being more honest and authentic in your communication, which builds the emotional connection, gets easier and easier over time. And it can get to the point where it can be just as easy as any of these other tasks that the women in the course are amazing at. Well, and that's what we, that's one of the things that we teach the women how yes. to do in such a yes. beautiful way. In fact, they come back and they're like, oh my God, my relationship with my daughter is better. My mm -hmm. boss is like completely responding differently to me. You know, mm -hmm. everybody at work is like, what's happening? We are, what, what, <laughs> because the women learn a very different way of asking for what they want. And it's so successful that they start using it everywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. And sometimes without even realizing it, mm -hmm. I have women come on calls and say, I didn't even realize it, but my coworkers have noticed the change in how I'm interacting and I wasn't even trying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So Jennifer mm -hmm. said, I'm up front and tell the person early on that I want to take things slowly. 
but I always get the guys that want to jump right in and don't respect my wishes. Very frustrating. Well, I think the way in which we communicate that we like to move slowly can help. And if we communicate that message kindly without making assumptions of what the man wants before he even says it, then if they don't respect our wishes, then the goal has been met and he's not our guy. Also, a lot of women, not all, but many women who are getting men who are really coming on strong sexually may also be putting out some kind of vibe unknowingly that that they're not aware of that may be inviting that. The other thing, Jennifer, to really keep in mind is that part of taking control of your feminine power is knowing that men are going to advance the sexual agenda. They're going to come on to you because that's what men do. That is their role in the relationship. And sometimes it's not just because all men want sex and they just want to jump in right away, but that's their way of connecting with us. And we want them to say, I love you first. We want them to kiss us and initiate those kinds of things. What's important is not that a man is making a sexual advance. It's how you handle it when he does. So you want to be kind and you don't want to reject a man or push him away or feel insulted when he does make an advance. We teach our, the women in our course exactly how to language these things and how to handle them without shaming men and pushing them away. And it's very empowering for our clients. They see a really good result with the men when they do use these techniques that we teach them. Linda says, can you speak to reactivity? Like seeing a man shut down can make me feel angry instead of getting softer. Well, the reason why the man shuts down or the extent that he shuts down, it's important to remember it has nothing to do with you. And so when you start to see that as a pattern, maybe those are indications that he's not an emotionally available man. And we have two options, accept someone for who they are or leave. But one thing we should never do is try to change someone. So if a man is showing you that he shuts down when things feel close, then it's time to think, is this the man as he is now someone I can accept? And if not, then he may not be your match. There's also the flip side that you may be talking down to men. You may be adopting uh, the tone of a mother or a teacher or scolding them. As women, especially if you're a boss lady at work or you're a single mom, we learn how to bark orders. We learn how to be in control. And very often when we see men behaving in certain ways, we can start to lecture them or school them or berate them. And men will shut down if you do that. And so one of the things that we do teach the women in the program is how to speak to men in a non-shaming, non-blaming way, in a very feminine way where you adopt a softer tone and you're able to communicate your feelings without shaming a man. So if this keeps happening, Linda, it is possible that you also are talking to men in a way that is causing them to shut down. So but there's both things are true. 
It may be that a man is emotionally unavailable. It may also be that you are shaming men or that you are pushing them away by the way you're expressing your wants and needs and desires. So it's very important to do work in this part of our lives. Yep. And the benefits just keep on coming. (laughs) They do. They do. And especially the way that we teach it. We're working mostly with very smart, successful women. And unfortunately, because when we are single mothers or when we are so independent and capable, it also doesn't bring out our feminine side. And we often are not really making the room in our lives that we think we're making for a man to come in. And I don't mean physically or just carving out the time for a relationship. When I talk about making room for a man, I mean the mental and emotional space as well for a man to come into your life and your heart. So we started out, oh, Linda says, I do pick men who need healing and want mothering and fathering weirdly for me. (laughs) You're very honest, Linda. And I'm trying to step out of the healer role in my relationships. It will require some more vulnerability. Ah, Linda, I wish you would book a call with us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you do that by going to lisashield.com. We have a free 45-minute presentation. Women love it. There is a lot in there in that 45-minute presentation about communication. So you might find it well worth your time to hop over there and check it out. There's a success stories page that I hope you'll check out. We have an absolutely incredible banner of photos of, of a lot of the women, our success stories women who have been through the program. We also will jump on a free call with you to discuss how we can help you soften your voice, be more feminine, become more vulnerable with men, and attract a guardian of your soul. And also we show you how to look for these nice guys, you know, and stop ignoring the red flags that are causing you to get into these avoidant relationships. We we teach you about what avoidant men are like and how to spot them so you don't waste time. And please go to wherever you get your podcasts and rate and like the podcast. Give us honest feedback. We can take it. We want to make this the best relationship podcast out there. So please let us know your thoughts. And if you have suggestions of topics you would like us to discuss, then please send those questions to podcast at lisashield.com. Cassie is my head coach and also my operations manager. And she is absolutely wonderful. All of our clients think she's a treasure, as well as our other coach, Rebecca. So we've got an absolutely stellar team of women working to help you find the guardian of your soul. So thank you so much, Cassie, for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always so fun. Yeah. Great questions too from the viewers. Yeah, thank you 
all for these incredible questions and for putting yourselves out there. It really, really helps us. So please send us your suggestions. Come back and see us again. We send you so much love. And just know that this is like any other issue in life. This is something we can solve. So stop wasting time and spinning your wheels and dating the wrong guys. Lots of love to everybody. And thanks again, Cassie. Bye-bye.